I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, Poddleters. In today's episode, I speak to Banhas, who is, well, she's not really an influencer, but she's a fellow fitness personnel who's kind of been around on the ground for as long as I have and we started off our careers on social media at a similar time and the way we made friends uh, is quite interesting. We talk about it at the beginning of the podcast and basically in this episode we try to dissect some of the problems or the problematic nature of social media influences, wokeness and loads more. I think you're going to really enjoy this chat because it is very raw and we got quite into it. And I don't know even if some of it might sound quite problematic, but I think we need the space to have these conversations, especially in light of kind of all the drama that's been going on at the minute. I'm sure you've seen all of the kind of gossip forum influencer um just palaver that's been going on. So I thought this would be quite timely to have this conversation. And yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Please do rate, review and subscribe and enjoy the episode, guys. Bye. Hi, guys, and welcome to Adulting. Today, I'm joined by Ban. Hello. <laughs> Hello. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Very well, thank you. So I've brought on Ban today, even though she thinks she's really nervous, but she's going to be fab, because we both work in a similar industry and we've kind of been floating around on Instagram for the same amount of time. And I think we have quite similar views on lots of things that go on on the online world. But we thought we'd outline how we first met, because technically it was we were both fitness influencers at the time would you have called yourself that back then no what would you have said I don't think my accounts changed much you know from 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 the beginning but it was more focused on fitness yeah it was more focused on fitness health how we call it um that was the main focus and I we followed each other you were talking about competing and (laughs) and not competing in fitness and we had that little little, <laughs> little argument that so, happened. When I first got into fitness, it was such a weird time for me because it was I found it really empowering and I suddenly found this whole new... I'd come out of an awful relationship. I found this whole new aspect of my life where I got really into exercise, having not been into it. And so I was very protective of the world of like bodybuilding and stuff and I was also quite young and naive and so I was so in the throes of like being obsessed with taking belfies and getting shredded abs <laughs> and stuff that Ab wrote what I Ab Ban, Ban wrote what I would now probably write like an article just about kind of looking at the way that the fitness industry kind of ex- not exploits young women but encourages them to profit off their sexuality or objectifying themselves now that I talk about that kind of thing all the time but at the time I think I must have been like 20 or 21 well, I'm that much older now, but I was like, this is really insulting. <laughs> so, so an only private, you DM'd me first to say, look, this is it. I've had enough now. <laughs> and then you started because you'd already DM'd me after another post I'd written. Was it a similar about, vein? It was about um, 
the rise of the unqualified booty builder. Oh, yeah. And you're like, yeah, this isn't on now. This is just, you can't do this. Did because I, you're protecting, but, you're friends. protecting someone. You're protecting some of your friends. And you said, you can't write this. I just don't think it's fair. Blah, blah, blah. And was, you'd probably write that now. Was I a qualified personal trainer at this point? Because if You I were, did, you were. You literally, I think you were literally just protecting people. Yeah. Um, and I was saying how unqualified pe- trainers just, it's just not fair. That they're cashing in on on things, pretending like their home workouts and their banded workouts were going to achieve the same aesthetic goals as someone who's been basically lifting for like five years and that it's actually quite dangerous and irresponsible. So that was the first time you messaged me and then... It's interesting though because what this, well we're going to come on to talk about this but the way your voice was then so strongly and so, so truthful and honest is something which I've had to grow into and unlearn which I think comes from youth wanting to be a people pleaser and wanting to appease the masses. I think part of the reason why I probably messaged you was because I thought exactly what you thought, but I almost, it was like a projection where I couldn't believe that you felt comfortable to be like, no, this is wrong and call it out. I think the reason that I protect my friends, but also because secretly I felt like, fuck, I should probably should be saying that, which I think a lot of people do that. Like when you do something someone else they know should be really doing it too, instead of co-signing it, you go, you can't say that because it protects your own ego. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the thing is, when I posted that, I remember thinking, oh, this might be like, some people might, you know, think this is too much or too far. This might ruffle a few feathers. But if I had any idea it would kick off the way it did, and I'd literally be trolled for about 48 hours, there's not a chance I would have posted it. But I only posted it because I was so, I, I was so set that, how can you not think this? This is so what everyone is clearly thinking. Yeah. That I didn't think there would be any ne- negative backlash. Do you know what's so weird? Now we're talking about this. It's just literally <laughs> on exactly a level with what we were talking about. We were going to talk about, if that makes sense. Like what? What the, what's happened with what you're talking about? Like a about. witch hunt. Yeah. So basically I then commented, you did the next post was um, something about how, what was it? Sex? I can't remember. It was like the sexualization of of fitness influence or something yeah. like that. Sex cells yeah. or something. Yeah. And, and I, then came all the posts from you, your mates about, oh, here's me just looking for validation. But yeah, we are looking for yeah. validation. Like if you weren't looking for validation, you wouldn't post a picture online. You just post a picture and keep yeah. it. But everyone was saying, oh, here I am looking for validation. And all, in came all the half-naked shots of women basically saying, this post is bullshit, this post is bullshit, go attack ban. But what I think happened, <laughs> I never said go attack ban, I actually was trying to mediate the comments. <laughs> but what happened was, I think, and I think for me definitely, it was that point of when someone makes you recognise the situation you're in, so you kind of like, you broke through the fourth wall. So I think what happened was, for me especially, I genuinely did feel like, oh my God, I'm so liberated by showing pips my body. But what I didn't realise was it wasn't really liberation. It was, as you said, probably like that third-party validation of people giving me... We all get gratification from likes. Yeah. But we... When someone points that out to you, it's that... It's your ego being like, no, that's not what I'm doing. And it was really weird then looking back. So then I remember thinking, fuck, because everyone then started commenting on your picture being like, this is awful. I don't think I ever tagged you. I think people just... You didn't tag me, but others did. Others tagged you. So then I was commenting and it was mad and it was because your profile was smaller 
I wasn't that much bigger than you, but there were other people with bigger profiles commenting. And you see immediately online... Power play. Yeah, power play. And it doesn't really matter who's right or wrong. It's simply a game of who's, who's got, got more, more clout. Fol- and who's got more followers to go and... You know, if 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 you have half a million followers and you're saying to your followers, someone has just called me out and is basically... Is basically put made an attack on me... Their fans, their followers, as we were saying, will just jump on that and suddenly they're protecting their best friend who they don't actually know. Yeah. And it's, and it's po- literally about who's got more followers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's probably wasn't it because also what you were talking about wasn't, it's to bring it into like a parallel because this is the only other example I can think of. But when it comes to like white privilege, what you were talking about is you weren't talking about any one individual. You were talking about the problem of social media. And, and myself included. Yeah. That's what people weren't understanding. I was putting myself into that category saying, look, I do this too. We all do this. We're all hypocrites. We are all hypocrites. And people started posting, reposting photos of me that I'm, you know, I'm just jealous. I'm just jealous. Oh, here are the photos that you were posting. It would make more sense if you weren't half naked and all of these. I was like, "Mm, not the point. I know. But I'm, I'm saying I'm aware of what the fuck we're doing. That self awareness now is something which I hope that I have too and those things that you said are things that I would say in a heartbeat now and it just shows that when you're coming at things from different angles how they can be taken out of um, out of context but what I was saying about the privilege thing is that instead of me reading that and realising you were talking about a thing I put myself into that category and went this, this is about, about me, me this is about as me. did all these other people yeah. and that's what we do so frequently when yeah. someone talks up about a problem so for instance if they say men are trash trash a man who clearly has probably done something and that someone's told him off for will go i'm not and that's exactly what i held the door yeah and it's this problem of like we can't talk about things and we find it really hard to look at things objectively and i think on social media this is exacerbated hugely and people implicate themselves in stuff that isn't even about them yeah like even as we're talking about this like right now i can imagine that there'll be like 50 people thinking is this about me or... Actually, just thinking about this, I get a lot of DMs from people, influencers, who will literally say, is this about me? Yeah. I, I comment on your stuff like, this I is get about that. me. I get that quite a lot. Like people saying, look, I, I've i had this from, pe- from people you would know who will say, um, I have to unfollow you now. I need to protect my own mental ah. health. Um, is this about me? It's because um, you're holding up a mirror but, though. But if you think it's about you... It probably is. Yeah. But it's not you saying it about them. It's just, it just, sometimes you need someone else to say something for you to be able to digest your own actions. And interestingly, after this whole thing happened, we then became better friends because I actually then completely agreed with you. And I think we spoke about it and mm-hmm. I understood. And I think that's, but you do post stuff. And even though I know you're joking, because sometimes you're also talking about you, I'll go, oh my God, I do that. And it's just, it's quite useful sometimes. Yeah, to most see. of the time it is about me as well. I can't post about stuff that I don't. No. Yeah, you don't understand. But what I think is really fascinating is the way that we both use social media now is, I mean, I think we, it's weird because we have such a different way of using it. I think you're someone that I would would follow and relate to the most. And I was saying earlier, so band's content is what everyone, when we talk to people who maybe are judgmental of Instagram, they will say, what I'm looking for is honest conversation and unfiltered stuff and I don't want all these pretense things. And that is pretty much what your content is. But as you say, actually, when you when you are really too truthful about things, 
it goes the other way. People, I think people people like yeah, you'll never grow. People like the falsities of Instagram more than they realize. We actually, I think, we feel really comforted, Com- comfortable. When you're calling things things out, or even saying, "Look, guys, I do this too." people don't like it as much and that's when people will unfollow you because yeah. it's not as comfortable um and we were talking about this earlier you can't truly be authentic i don't think and grow no and i don't think and you were saying as well like you can't be truly authentic with an opinion if you're being paid for something so i actually was speaking about this with a friend the other day and i was thinking how if i get gifted a meal and the service is really bad but i've been given it for free i'll be like oh my god that meal was amazing yeah and i'll really enjoy it because i haven't I haven't invested anything in it. If I went out for a meal with my boyfriend and I was paying for it and the service was really bad, I'd be really upset. And if the food was really bad, I would also be like, that's so disappointing. That meal was like 30 quid and and the waitress was really rude. But you are, as much as you might still, the food was the same. It is very interesting how when there is either monetary value or no monetary value involved, you cannot have the same perception as someone who is paying for that service or paying for that product. Yeah, I agree with that. Even if, but I, I think that you can still try and have a reliable as you can opinion, but it's still never going to be the same as when you're paying for something. And how are you ever going to be a blogger who gets paid to receive things, to review things, if you're constantly being honest and saying when something is shit? Then again, no, you're right. But I also do think that some really successful bloggers are really successful because they will... So at the beginning, before you're getting paid, often you will give honest because you don't think anyone's listening. Yeah. And if you've done that from the beginning, you said, I've always thought so-and-so ship, this brand's great. And then you get that partnership with the brand that you've always yeah. liked. That works out really well. But I do agree that it can be really difficult to give honest feedback. Or the other thing, which I fucking hate, and I did it once about train, but we never need to stop doing this, is when a blogger or influencer tweets like, oh, my plane was delayed at yeah. Virgin Airways. And it's like, no, you can't just hope that you're... Because you've got a following, they're going to give you a, a refund. I think that's even what. Do you know what I mean? Is that why they do it? I think so. I, I did it once about train. I was like, my train. Did you really get delayed. it? No, then I deleted the tweets. So it was just so cringe. <laughs> I love it when you. But do I was something, really annoyed like, at the time. I hate myself. I'm yeah, because everyone it. always does that. So I thought, well, I'll fucking give it a go. And then actually, it's just a bit cringe. It is a bit cringe. And I was like, I'm going to do that. So embarrassing. I love things that you think you should be doing, and then you realise, you know what? I actually can't do this. But also, that's a really good point about when you're in the throes of emotion. This is why social media is so dangerous. Because I go to type out tweets, and I think, oh no, fucking draft fucking section arsehole. is there Don't. for a reason. Yeah, but I think to reflect. People get too quick to say things like on one of those Instagram stories or Twitter and stuff. And then I don't have that problem usually because I overthink everything. So I don't really have that. I don't have that issue. And we were speaking about this earlier when people suddenly change their mind about something, they form an opinion and they suddenly feel like they need to they need to let the rest of the world know. Whereas you and I may mull over something for some time, think, ooh. You know, this is interesting. Yeah. You know, this this conversation around race is interesting. But maybe I won't just throw it out there and pretend like I'm the wokest person <laughs> and make a post about it. I, I would never do that. I don't. I literally back off and I think, you know what, I don't think I've got... I'm the opposite. I think I don't have an opinion about anything. I don't think I know enough to talk about a lot of things. Whereas I think a lot of white privilege, a lot of white influencers feel like they, they do know enough. I used to wade in on almost every conversation because I really <laughs> thought that my opinion mattered because I was so used to being heard. Like I went to private school with 15 people in a class and if you had something to say, people would listen. And it's taken me years to realise that actually, one, I don't know everything and two, sometimes my opinion is just not relevant. 
on a certain topic as much as I actually fucking love debating like that is the other part of it I do want to talk about it I think so many people need to realise that their opinions aren't always relevant yeah when we're talking about these conversations when when people are in these debates and for example someone is saying look this is how it makes me feel and someone else is piping and saying oh no you shouldn't feel like Mm. that that's not your that's not your place I even find it problematic with call out because I think what we're kind of talking about we're coming on to is that kind of call out cancel culture and cancel culture in that call-out culture can be really helpful because it can flag to people when something that's being done is problematic. Problematic is a problematic word in of itself because it's being used too often. But then I also think sometimes the call-out culture is coming from one group, which may have a lot of privilege, calling out another group, which may live in a very different lived experience. And actually, it's almost just shaming because it's kind of saying look how much I know and it's like obviously you're going to know that because you're from XYZ background and you do XYZ and you're calling out a different category which for instance if we're talking about I don't know certain people that would sell like skinny teas but maybe they've had no education around why skinny teas are bad do you know what I mean and I get why and you were actually the one of the people that has made me think that I get that I totally get that we used to call out skinny teas can we not yeah can we do that is that fair no, is think, it fair if they genuinely yeah. don't know? Yeah. Or is it their own responsibility? Well, this is, I think, what it comes down to because I think there's, it's funny because we imply or we what's the word, impose responsibility on different people depending on what they do. Yeah. And for some reason, there'll be certain people that we will deem should have more responsibility than others. So I think if someone has never proclaimed to be woke and doesn't talk on anything ever, you can almost get away with a lot more because, yeah. That's not your remit. Yeah, Whereas, I can't get away with shit. No. Because people are like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Because my message, my brand, my voice is way too strong. Yeah. What I represent is way too... It's 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 so set. I've always been yes. so honest. And you, you just know what my brand is about. Whereas someone else who stays very vanilla, very samey-samey, very here's my smoothie, here's my oats, here's my home workout, whatever, they can pretty much get away with anything because you don't really you don't really know anything about them. Yeah. They're quite inauthentic. They're not authentic at all. Or, no, because I don't think it's always necessarily inauthenticity. I mean, like, it could be someone that just genuinely is never... For instance, I was just saying to you before, I've had the luxury of making a lot of unwoke mistakes prior to being yeah. followed on social media or even doing it on social media at a time when I'm sure I'm fairly certain if you went back through my Instagram which I can't be asked to do there will be something that you could flag as being really problematic yeah. but it was at a time when I had 3,000 followers so I'm not getting called out for it and luckily weirdly I decided to go down a route where I started listening to criticism and I've learned loads however if I'd had my if I was living in this climate now and had the following that I do now but I was me four years ago I would have been cancelled about 20 times by now. But I think the difference is once you are called out, there are people who don't say sorry. Yes. So there are people who refuse to say sorry, and that's where it goes wrong. Like, say sorry, make your mistake. I'm not saying that that's, everything's going to be forgiven. Do, do you think that some things are forgiven? Do you think everything is forgivable? Where do you draw the line? 
Um, I think it's so much context. So, for instance, you'd be like, murder is unforgivable. But if a woman murdered her husband because he'd been abusing her for 20 years, then I'd be like, fair enough. Do you know what I mean? So I don't think I don't think there is a black and white line. Okay. I think everything has a story and has a okay. place. I think that in terms of like slipping up on things like woke social media, yeah. wokeness and stuff, I do think that it should be forgivable. Ricky Gervais is the worst person I could quote in this scenario, but I'm going to because he is fucking like very problematic. But he said something like, if we don't allow people to make mistakes and forgive yeah, them... Yeah, they'll never change. Well, yeah, we're basically saying never gonna you're grow. never going to be able to grow. So once they've done... Once they've said the sorry, sorry's not enough. What you need then start doing the work. is do the work. Do the work. Yeah. Not just reshare a meme. Not just reshare a quote. Um, I read something really good about that recently. But actually... I saw that do... as well, yeah. <laughs> it was, know... was it about... Was it... Was it Rachel Cargill? Yeah, it was Rachel Cargill. Saying that like if Instagram was deleted and Twitter was deleted, what is where your is work? your activism? What is, yeah, exactly. And if, it, if you can't, if you can't, there's, if there's nothing apart from retweets and likes yeah. and shares, what is it? Then you're you not do? doing anything. Are you going into a lecture hall? Are you actually yeah. doing any work? Um, back to what we were saying about uh, making mistakes and, and doing... Forgiveness. And forgiveness and actually making a change. Mm. On to the next thing is basically Obama said obviously recently, which has been kind of taken out oh, of context. So annoying. But the thing about the wokeness, and I actually do it really annoyed me. It did annoy me, but I actually do agree in terms of like I see people, and I did this when I first learned what wokeism is before it was called that as well. <laughs> what um, was it called before woke? But I guess you just be like, I don't know what you would say. I literally could remember it was when my leg was broken. Someone used the word woke, and that was when did I do that? August two thousand and seventeen. That was when I first learned that word, and it was also when I was first becoming slight. Like my feminism actually was more feminist than girl what, power than what I thought it was before. <laughs> I think I actually was. That was on the cusp of me becoming who this woman that I am now, rather than the slightly unsure person that I was before. And um, before I don't know what it was called, whatever it was before that. But now being woke is a capital in of itself. So. But knowing that something isn't woke, for instance, Molly May Haig from um, Love Island, dressed as Cleopatra, I'm going to admit my ignorance here, and I wouldn't have known that dressing as Cleopatra was cultural appropriation. I would have thought dressing in traditional traditional Egyptian dress was cultural appropriation, but dressing as a person from history, I wouldn't have clicked. Anyway, I then saw these articles, and everyone was going mad, and they were like, this is cultural appropriation. And I was like, this is fascinating, because all of the comments were just people calling her out. And I was like... I, as someone who is self-proclaimed to think that I know what's going on, didn't you miss that? I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't have known either. Yeah. And I almost feel like people were just saying it for the sake of being like, "Look, we would have never done that." But really, I got that. Did you? I was, no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. You're no, pretending no. someone saying, yeah. "I got that." I, knew I understood that. that. Yeah. I'm that woke. Yeah. Exactly. I feel like it has become. It has become the woke Olympics. Who's yeah. going to catch it out first? Yeah. Who's going to retweet it first? Who's going to use it as content to latch on to? Yeah. And I and I find it really fascinating because I think you have to have a level of fallibility because everyone, no, not everyone knows everything. Yeah. And what, but what's happened is as long as you can stay on the right side of the argument, you kind of don't have to prove anything. And, and, and people... But then it goes both ways as well because then people who aren't woke at all as in or don't It gives them an excuse. So what I didn't enjoy about the the Obama thing, what I didn't like was how it kind of, that one quote kind of gave a whole load of influences Mm. this kind of excuse to, oh, I'm just going to talk about nothing and just keep talking about my baked goods. You know, it kind of gave them that. I'm just not going to be accountable for anything because I don't believe in cancel culture. I believe in supporting your friends. I believe in supporting people. People can make mistakes. That I don't agree with. I do think we should, I think we should be, 
I think we should be uplifting and helping those who need more of a voice. Um, I think we do need to call people out because they won't listen to being called in. Mm. So we can argue about the skinny tees and we can say they didn't know. What happens when it's the eighth time? Yes. Yeah, you're right. What happens then when they have been told and they choose to ignore it? That's true. And I do agree because we've spoken about this before privately, how we've DM'd people to kind of say... They don't listen. And I've also been told off before where I've commented something which I <laughs> so thought was, you win. Yeah. was really nice. Just being like, actually... Because also, if someone calls me out or comments on my picture this, I will then go and investigate it and find out if I'm wrong. And I'm really happy to learn because that's how I've got... This is why I'm where I'm at now. This is why I have this podcast because I've literally listened to so many people tell me off that I've gone, I've learnt so many things. But what happens is people just delete stuff. So I've written things which I thought were quite nice, being like, oh, I don't know if I would say that. I maybe would think about this because we're not in this group or whatever. And people, instead, I don't know how people can instead of seeing stuff. that as like a means to be like, I'm going to learn from this, everyone sees everything as a personal attack. attack. Going yeah. back to that very first blog post that you wrote, it's the same thing. And this happens really often. I think we've lost the, we, we've lost the ability to draw the line between the personal and the system. And... And we've all kind of like merged. Because I think a lot of the time what we're calling out is the systematic problems, but everyone takes personal Personal attacks. to it. You're right. And I think that's become part of the issue. I wanted to go back quickly to though, because you're saying about influencers who have used, and I agree, or not even influencers, just people using Obama's speech as a means to... Um, I feel better now. ...ostracize like, themselves. Yeah. But does every... Do you think everyone has to have an opinion all the time? Do you think everyone has to be... Do you think people can just be a nice smiley person or do you think that they have to show some kind of not politics but some kind of a lot like what do you because I don't know what I, I just think. think okay so personally personally I think why the fuck would you have a platform if you don't have an opinion right I personally think for me for me I am not interested in even posting online if it's not about something that is important to me that's my account Someone else might think, you know what? I just want to. It's a business. This is just a business. Mm. I'm just going to post my recipes. I'm just going to post my workouts. For me personally, where it's not, I'm not getting paid to do this. I don't have to do this. If I'm posting, I'm going to post with a bit of intention. It's got to mean something. It's. I don't. I don't care if it's just. If it. Most of the time, it's not just a picture of me looking nice because I don't. I don't really care about that mm. so I think it depends on the person I agree and I, I'm the same in that I want everything to have some kind of depth to it or what I find interesting and I also do think there must be corners of Instagram where people are literally using it as a means to switch off from that you're a very on you're like me like I actually I always seem to want to be engaged in content it's probably actually not good for me which has some kind of edge to it or yeah. something I can learn from it probably would be helpful Instagram's not my escape I think that's the I think that's probably the difference yeah that's true I agree I actually find everything quite, not triggering, but everything to me, a bit like you, I think I'd find some kind of politics in anything. Yeah, I'm like, well, why, why the fuck has this person chosen to post this? Or like, <laughs> what does this mean? I'm like, when it comes to me and posting or me posting, so I don't really I don't really enjoy the part of Instagram where you have to have a picture, which is problematic in yeah. itself because it's a visual platform. Yeah, I I've agree. got all the words, but I don't ever really have the photo to go with it. Yeah. It's like, oh, God, fuck, I, I need to find a photo. the other day, oh, yeah. God, fuck, I've got to find a photo now to add to that big spiel that I've got him going on in my head. But that's because I don't really enjoy taking photos. 
I yeah. never have. Even if doesn't it doesn't mean that I don't like my outfit. It doesn't mean that I don't think I look nice that day or that I'm not confident about the way I look that day. I just it's just not something I enjoy doing. Um, and for that reason, I you know over the years I've I've started posting less. I'm on it less. Um, I've stopped sharing as much, even if something kicks off and I'm reading about it, I don't really always have an urge to take part in it anymore because I kind of, I've personally started finding Instagram quite boring. Mm, I have as well. Not even like, not even like offensive or I'm not even ranting as much. And I think that says a lot because I'm just fucking bored. I also think, no, I agree with you because I used to want to wade in on every conversation. I don't want to wade. I'm bored. No, and now I don't. And I think it's also down to the fact that, so Ban said this to me the other day and I've never had anyone say this to me. And I was like, oh my God. What did I say? So we were talking about how some people like love to work really hard and I actually am really good. I do work really hard, but I'm also very good at like, I've set so many boundaries (laughs) with my work. So I get up at six, I'll go to the gym, start my work. I can't believe you get up at six. I will work nine till five and then I stop. And if you email me after five, I'm not answering. And I will go and hang out with friends or whatever. And I always thought that was because I don't have a strong work ethic. I've, and then Bam was like, no, I think you're just really happy in your life. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I don't care who I offend when I say this. Like, I I agree with you. I used to be like that as well. And I think we've got this such, this we've, we've got, we're surrounded by hustle culture of work, yeah. work, work. Oh God, guys, look at me logging in at 10 p.m. Still on my laptop. Not everything's as glamorous as you see. Still working away behind the scenes. Um, I don't do that anymore. No. I, I fucking love not working. Same. I love, I love fitness. I love health, but I also love just not doing anything. Yeah. And just having fun. So I used to, I used to make myself so I actually like being in a routine because I've realised that it just is so much healthier for me mentally and if I'm organised it's better and actually I do work really hard but in freelance world especially it's like the more you're seen to be working the more people think you're achieving but actually when I was doing that trying to like go to every single event go to every single thing in the world I was so tired and it impacts your mental health I wouldn't my work was shit like I couldn't do anything and you start hating your job so why are you a freelancer if you're not? If it makes this makes sense to you, why am I doing this if I'm not living the dream? Like yeah. you're doing this so that you're not doing a nine to five that you didn't want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is the point of yeah. work overworking if you're not loving it? And just to throw in a different angle, because I realise we're being quite disparaging about Instagram. It also is quite a lot of work, and like it does take hard, and it's not just posting. I don't know. It's really funny because I see both sides of it. So on the one hand, I'm like. This is so ridiculous and redundant and loads of things in influence culture I find like really want to dissociate myself from them. But on the other hand, it's a massive part of how I got my career and it's it's so not the face of it, which is why I think it's such a mess on social media when people get very embroiled in conversations with stuff that's going on in the influence world because really there is so much... There's so much that the public looking in, I think we kind of get how celebrity works and like how film stars' lives work. But influences, part of its charm is it's attract- They don't know. It's the attractiveness of thinking that everyone's having this really charmed life when actually it's really behind the facade, behind that grid is a very, it's literally like the behind the scenes of a movie set. It's not what people think it is. I think that, I think there's two types of people. I think there's the type of people who have absolutely no clue that people are getting, like, grands yeah. for a post. They have no idea. Yes, I agree. They literally have no idea that this person is getting 5K to be supporting, a like, per post for, like, a protein drink. They have no idea about that. And there's others who think that 
all mm. influencers from like 100k to a million are making Millions. like triple figures. Yeah. There's that. There's that side of it as well. Then there's someone like me who hates the influencer world, doesn't want to be part of it, but actually thinks it's actually quite difficult. Does that make sense? Yes. So I actually don't, I actually think it's a lot of work. It's it's also not even just a lot. So also with the money thing is really interesting. No one knows how much anyone else earns. I remember when I first started working, I would try and find out what people were charging so I could, one of my first places, I charged like 50 quid when I could have charged like <laughs> 500 at the time and, I didn't, and I didn't know. And so, first of all, there's no remit. There could be someone with a million followers that charges £200 because they've never spoken to anyone and they live somewhere outside London. And there could be someone with 10,000 followers who's got really engaged followers and they could charge, I don't know, a few grand grand or something. For a post, yeah. There's no... So there's no... It's like the Wild West. There's no numerical thing to it. But also, there is... And I'm glad that I realised this and we were talking about this before as well, but there... You can't put a price on freedom. No, and it does... It does... It is amazing, and if that's also if that's what you want, then it's right. really inviting. But if you if you get into it and you don't really realize what you're getting into, which I think I started doing, and then I've actually managed to shape it into something I want, like the podcast and what I talk about. If I hadn't done that, and I'd ended up in a place where I had lots of more more followers, or more like my my relationship with my followers, my people that follow me is quite different. But if you end up in like a fangirly place, you earn loads of money, and everyone's like standing you, or whatever. I think it can really fuck with how you see the world. And because people are getting into it so young, like people start doing this at sixteen and become massive vloggers. Like there's that girl Emma Chamberlain who don't have heard of her. I randomly stumbled across her account, and she mis- she made a YouTube video that was like about she she's amazing at editing. Did this video like about how she had a mental breakdown because she was so stressed about YouTube. Oh my god! And it had like sixteen million views or something. And everyone was commenting like, "We miss you, Emma. Come back to Instagram." <laughs> she's living in like a four million pound loft apartment in New York. And I was like, "This is sick." I was no one watching. She's done a video about having a mental breakdown. Come back. Come and back. people are commenting like, "I can't believe you wouldn't tell us you broke up with your boyfriend." Like, and people are so young, especially for young people, they're so invested. And I think we're just starting to see how toxic being online is. And I think there's stuff that's come up recently between like mummy blogs and other things that have happened where evidently there's gossip sites and these have been flagged a few times evidently there is a there's a mental health payoff where if you haven't looked at what you're doing and thought fuck actually I better put some boundaries up you could actually end up you might make millions of pounds by the time you're 40 but you also might really suffer yeah because it's so un um what's the word unregulated yeah and you can't you can't it doesn't depend on your mood. It doesn't depend on how you're feeling. This is your job. Mm. So if you're waking up and you have to perform, and I know you have to perform in every other job. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But it's just not the same. No. Because you're... You're performing to a whole load of strangers and you don't know when you're going to say something wrong. You don't know when you're going to do something wrong. Um, it really, really comes at price. And I think you've got to decide whether that, whether 
whether it's worth it for you. Mm. For me, it definitely isn't worth it. No, and even like, so no, and I had to do this thing where I had to like get around, because I would think, I've had it before when I'm with my boyfriend, I'm like, I need to take a picture, but I'm actually in a really bad mood. And he's like, well, let's do it. And I'm like, but I'm really grumpy, like I actually can't smile. You know, and just really grumpy. I think I was hungry. And I remember, I remember saying to him, this is so fucked up, but I have to do this post because it was an ad. And I actually couldn't, and it was pissing me off because as much as people think it's so easy to take a photo, it is, but you're not oh, taking a photo. Not. You're doing, it's, a myriad of things that you're doing and it's actually quite soul-destroying like when you wake up and you just think a lot of the time I didn't want to wear makeup most of the time and I did yep. this whole thing on my stories about this where I felt so conflicted like I've got such a charmed life in so many ways but I also I can't be fucked to feel like I've got to stay lean for my job that's absolutely for a photo which, which for you a don't, photo yeah which you don't have to obviously but especially when you're a fitness Instagrammer I literally was under the pressure under the or impression fitness Instagrammers who are thinking actually I better take all my photos now before I eat or drink yeah 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 first thing when you wake like, up in the morning the fuck? that's what I used to do like it's just but then you'd so what we I would do before is you'd go here's a picture of me from this morning bear in mind I literally was so fucking lean and then I'd be like but I did take this before I drank and ate anything I don't look like this all day I mean I would look like that all day but you're so um, you're so corrupt about what you look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because and you then, post so many. And pictures. because you're watching yourself constantly, yeah. you become you can't not become obsessed with the way you look. Yeah, and I, I never look at my body and, anymore. And exactly. Neither do I. Neither do I because I don't have to. No. And I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy when I'm not having to go through these photos. Yeah. I don't even have to see it, and I'm not thinking about it anymore. And I think that's a great way. F- for us to actually promote health and fitness, it's not all absorbing. No. It's not us going, look, guys, this is how I ate. It's just, this was a great plate of food. Yeah. And also, on the other side of it, like, I do think fitness Instagrammers have created an increase in health awareness. And I actually do think it's a really credible job. And I've got loads of fans who still do it. And I think it's amazing. I'm just saying, for me, it was something that I actually had to actively go, I'm not going to sign up to this because I don't think it's going to be good for me, even though... It's an amazing career if you do it correctly. And if you can balance it. I just prefer, for me, I prefer to do it in my... Because I've got this in my real world, as in my actual job, I'm I'm doing what I love. And when I started doing it on social media, I just fell out of love with it because I couldn't differentiate between Fitspo, the online world, and what I'm passionate about. Yeah. And also, yeah, I agree. And I train more now that I'm not posting my workouts yeah, online. So people think I don't train. Yeah. Because I don't talk about it. People think I don't train. I actually do still People think just... I just teach a spin class. Yeah. No. Like, no. I do stories in the morning just when I've been to them just so because because the reason I do that is I want people to see me because one thing I used to hate the pushback about influencers or freelancers you can't do about, just one thing yeah no 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 yeah that but also people thinking that you didn't really do anything so I want to be like no I do 95 and I get the same time as you so you can go to the gym before you go to work because that's what I'm doing and I'm working the same hours of you even though I'm freelance it's more like a because what I would get is oh but you can go to the gym because you're freelance any time of the day and yeah. I could have more time but actually I film I've realized it is actually healthier to work when everyone else is working because otherwise I'd end up going to the gym at 3pm in the afternoon yeah. go have a coffee with a mate and then you're working until 10pm yep. and then, and then you can't, you can't ever see your boyfriend either Yeah. It's, so it's pointless so I've actually realised it's better so the, the reason for me doing that is more just so that people are like oh she goes to the gym and then I get on with a job which is now not really to do with exercise I'm just doing that because it's good for me and you can make time for it sort of thing Yeah. even though that's still a privilege but do you know what I mean it's yeah. more like trying to recognise that you could be a normal woman rather than I literally thought to be into the gym, you had to be, that was all you could do. Yeah. Like, that was your everything. Or that you have to be following a certain program, oh or you have God, to be yeah. doing back and biceps on that day, or that and that. 
And now it's just so, it's so, I feel quite, it sounds stupid, but I feel quite like the, not hate this word, normal person as well. Because I'm genuinely, nowadays I am genuinely just moving my body. Whether that's a run, whether that's a full body workout, yeah. whether, and I feel so much more <laughs> relatable than, you know, I'm going to do a booty workout today, I'm going to do this today. It's just, it's not the way I train anymore. I love it. Yeah. I love I love exercise. I've so always loved it, but I've never loved it as much as I do over the last couple of years. I agree. And also, do you know what it was that pushed me more than anything to feel like I had to be doing all that structured training and stuff? It wasn't Instagram. It was male personal trainers. Always. That would be like... In my gym. You have me to, to have progressive overload. You have to do this kind of training. I've You're realized, not going to build muscle. No. You're not going to build muscle. You're doing too much cardio. Yeah. You're never going to build muscle. Oh, but what if I'm off. not trying to do anything? So even now, the personal trainers in my gym still try and say stuff to me. I will go and do whatever the fuck I want. I actually quite try, like training glutes, so I'll train glutes. Then the next day, I might just go do something else. I might squat 70 kg one day, and the next week, go and squat 30 kg. And I'll yeah. just like, you did 70 last week. I'm like, don't give a fuck. I'll do whatever this I want. That's how I feel today. I just want to do this now. And it's literally for movement. It doesn't matter. There's no goal apart from going to the gym. Sometimes I'll do 20 minutes of biceps. I'm like, done. Yeah, Because that's all I want to do. I love it. But it was the... the the ego of male personal trainers and me- people online because men have dominated the gym space for so long I think they really wanted to shout about and I get it because they're not wrong but what they're wrong about is your goal your, go- your personal goal Most maybe people, you don't want to build no. muscle and I think we all <laughs> fucked each other over by thinking we had to have this really specific goal yeah. and then everyone got so obsessed and then and actually, I've come, I've gone through all of it. I've gone from not training to being so obsessed, like doing a fucking bikini competition, getting qualified as a personal trainer, being so regimented, getting so strong, and then going, yeah. oh, fuck, actually, I just want to, I just want to exercise. <laughs> I just want to lift light. I literally just want to go and just do whatever <laughs> I, the fuck I, I want to do. I just want to lift some light weights. Yeah, I don't, like, I literally <laughs> oh, have God, no I, went, I did, I can really relate, apart from the competition, <laughs> I can really relate. I used to get so worked up of, oh, my God, I'm going to have to lift so heavy. I used to have such fear of what I had yeah, what I had in my mind that I had to squat and am I like to the point of am I going to get back up again yeah and then I'd be I'd literally be so sore I cannot even tell you how sore I'd be because I don't I still don't sleep very well mm. and if you're not sleeping you're not recovering but I just I just couldn't get through the mindset yeah everyone around me all the guys no, come on, keep going. Mm. Don't, don't, you know, don't be weak. Come on, you can do this. Not really realizing that actually you have no fucking idea no. what I need. Okay, so I'm going to try and segue that Let's into a completely unrelated conversation. Well, kind of about men, but also about on social media, we get this. We get a lot of um, the dominant voices, whoever that might be. So in the gym, the personal privilege might be your male personal trainer, but on social media, a lot of the time, the people with the privilege are people who have privilege in life. So whether that's white bloggers or influencers with a lot of followers. And what we're seeing a lot of the time is accounts getting deactivated because people who have privilege in the position online are leveraging that privilege to quieten the voices of people who are probably speaking more truths, a bit like us saying in the gym. Also, it's not very interesting, to bring it back to the previous thing, for us to be like, what do you do in the gym? And I'll be like, oh, so sometimes I go for a walk um, and then sometimes I'll do this. That's not very sexy, but package it up a wham, bam, program man. Stand on a BOSU ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is the same thing I think with social media. When you talk about things and you, I want to talk about your shadow banning, so you might talk about something which is really unsexy and be like, look, there is 
misogynoir in this or there is misogyny in this and then those conversations get shut down by people who don't want to hear it because it's not not the right narrative I get right shat- I, I get I know we spoke about this earlier shadow banning people think it don't exist or that term doesn't exist so let's use something that does exist I get messages from Instagram maybe every couple of months saying this post has been deleted it'll say the post the date um, it goes against our community guidelines. Basically, someone's reported it. Um, your account is restricted. So that means no one can find me unless they're already following me. Um, it doesn't come up in hashtags. Yeah. So basically, it's just, just visible to people who follow me. And even then, it's not really ever coming up in feeds. What what kind of posts, for example, are the ones that are getting this is happening to you? Uh, always, always. For me, mostly, it's the one about men. It's just talking about, even even talking about tos- toxic masculinity. Even when I was talking about men and being, talking about men's voices needing to stand up for them, it got banned. And it's what, weird. What's your following demographic? Do you have many male followers? Like, what, what I'm no, trying to... men don't really follow me. But that's so weird because I've but, definitely spoken about that. But do you think I... I think you do say things nuanced, but I think you've got more courage than me because sometimes I'll be try to be so palatable that I'll caveat maybe caveat things so much so that yeah. there's no point by the end of it. Yeah, mine's a bit more like a I said what I said. Yeah, kind of. But post. what is it? Do you think that there is a racial element to the fact that I don't get reported for writing stuff or not? I don't know. Because I, don't know. I have and I definitely think... said some of the shit you've said, if not more. I don't know, and it goes back to whether I'm in complete denial of my own colour. I've said this before and I just, and I need to really think about this, whether I don't see myself as a woman of colour because I've never felt it. I don't know. I don't know, but I get reported a lot. I get, um, I've been threatened by Instagram that my account will be deleted. I know a number of other women in similar positions all of which, all of whom are not white. But this is what I mean. Every account <laughs> they are not has ever been deactivated or deleted that I know of due to conversations around, and I don't know what happens in other spheres, but a lot of the time I'm following conversations around um, some conversation to do with privilege, whether that's like toxic masculinity, race, whatever. And everyone who always gets deactivated will be the person retaliating to a marginalising yeah. comment or whatever. Yeah. So someone will say something. Someone who's will got say something account. who is racist, yeah. but that won't be taken down by Instagram. No. What will be taken down is the is calling out what that person said. So with that in mind, do you think that the reason that you get deactivated is because of a racial element? I'm not trying to grill you. I just find it... No, I think, I think it's about being in the minority. I don't think it's just about... So because you're know, a smaller might, account? Smaller account and I think male privilege mm. because most of it has been about. But I, with, with but but in the other situations, other other examples of this, yeah, definitely about color. Definitely. That's I wonder if it works on a on a medium of like. It's how Are many... Are you verified? Do you have followers? I think those things yeah, matter. Yeah, but do you think that it's like, say if you had 10 followers and five people complained, you'd definitely get deleted. But if you had 50 followers and five people complained, you wouldn't because of the... Is it? Do you think it's proportional? Maybe, yeah. Because maybe that's why. Maybe the same amount of people are reporting my post, but it's it doesn't have as much gravity. 
I have no idea. Because I find things it... will, and that's what's really scary that we'll never know. You will never know the answers. When you get reported, you don't, when you send something to Instagram and say, you know, this is what's happened, you don't get a message. You don't ever get feedback. No. You don't get a response. There's no customer service line. Who the hell are we speaking to? But it's interesting. Well, actually, I got way less dick pics now. So I do think there must be monitoring. But there was a time when I used to get inundated with dick pics to the point where actually I would start to feel quite unsafe because I was like, what the fuck are you getting from me that you think I want this? Like, what have I done or said that makes you think? And at first it was funny. I used to think it was funny. And then at one point I didn't think it was funny. So I used to report them all. And I don't get them really anymore. And I don't know if that is because my account has changed to be less provocative, I guess you could say, or if Instagram slashes it more or whatever. But there are so many people <laughs> breaking community guidelines in fucking massive ways that never see repercussions. Back, back, yeah, back to that thing on colour. I do know many, many, I know many, many people, I'll call them friends, who, I, who, who I've met online, who will report abuse they yeah. have received, like foul, yeah. foul abuse. And Instagram will reply, yeah, it didn't go against community yes. guidelines. But then they will, they will be deactivated for reporting for it. reporting it for saying for speaking up about it so yeah you you're you're right cuz that, that it I, is happening cuz i've seen it and it is and it's really fucked up and it's weird because i think i basically think and i say this with everything but everything is a, is a um what's the word it's mirroring whatever's going on in society but yeah. because of these powers of control it's all being kept under but i yeah. think it's something that we have to all questions so much and I think that social media is a really interesting vessel or almost like a little petri dish to watch it all unfold like if we're all really conscious and aware and watching everything that goes on rather than just like it's almost like a microcosm where you can watch everything that goes on society mirrored and how the powers that be will just shut down conversations and like do you know what I mean yeah I totally get it's actually a really clever way little little big brother yeah kind of thing where we don't if they don't like something, it will be shut down. And that's what happens and you in won't real ever life. Get, you won't ever get a reason why. No. You're just deactivated. Like, shut the fuck up. We're going to silence you. Yeah. And that's So you don't really have a scary. voice. I think, I think it's so scary. Because I think that is basically like... So I do think there's so many things on social media which are really, really fascinating. And actually, I think... I, I wish people thought, without sounding arrogant, I wish people thought more like me and you. That what the fuck is going on? Like, why are you not thinking about this? Like, yeah. what's going on here? That people are getting silenced for saying something. It's, it's actually it's it's weird. disgusting, yeah. It's yeah. Like living in a totalitarian state. And it makes state. me, I think it's one of the things that's made me really want to back off because mm. I really, really think, what the hell's the point? Yeah. And that's how I feel. And when it first happened to me a couple of years ago, I was so upset by it. Um, I was like shadow banned for about nine months. I remember. I was so upset about it when it first happened. Now... I just don't care. I'm like, oh, here we go again. It's quite funny. Yeah. I'm like, okay, here well, we go I again. I save my content. I would never put all my content. So I always use my content on Instagram, um, on the podcast. So even if I think about saying something on social media, I can't be up. Cause, yeah, because it can be taken away from you from tomorrow. Yeah. And that's what's scary about it. If you build your business solely through Instagram, it can be taken away from you and you don't, it's not yours. It's no. Instagram's. But also I do think like in light of all the kind of, stuff that goes on with social media it's 
we basically you realize that even if even if it doesn't get taken away it's not you don't own your narrative as much no. as you think you do no matter what yeah. you say people can tear that up and i think if we let ourselves get invested luckily i think basically what's happened with you and it's happened with me and it's happened with loads of my friends is we were really invested in social media and now we've gone oh no this is what it is and we've compartmentalized it and we have a whole world outside of that but because of the comforting nature of feeling like you're part of something when you're online, if you allow that to become your reality, when it'll hurt so much more when it gets taken away or when something, I just think it's a really weird I'm ready for place. it to be taken away. But do you not think something else will come up in its place? I'm ready for that too. But I'm, I'm so, I'm so like ready for it. I don't mm. think I will, I just won't be sad. No. That's what's weird. I just won't be sad. I'm that level of bored now. Well, that I, I think, just won't be sad. I think I've spoke. I think I spoke about this the other day. But Instagram is now fundamentally a shopping platform, so it's not what it was before anyway. Yeah. And if you're an influencer, to some extent, what you're selling is your brand, even if you don't realise that you are. Yeah. So you're always selling something, and so there will, I think, have to be, which is why I think people like TikTok because it's kind of. <laughs> I don't really know what it is. I but have it's never like used it. I see it on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. And I think because it isn't do. It, it's nothing apart from and genuine entertainment. Yeah. But at, obviously, I'm sure there's going to be brand deals, or there probably already are. I've never actually used it on there. Um, so it's just a means of, as like every time money gets into something, it completely, as we said right at the beginning, it changes it. And that's why people are so invested and get so upset when things happen with influencers, because you know that really without a following, you wouldn't have the career or the life you've had. And so people have invested their time, energy, and support into you, and then you fuck up. Maybe that's why, right, so right before this started, I was saying how, or I don't know if I said on the podcast, politicians get away with way more or like even just people who are really fucking important can say shit that an influencer couldn't. But I've just answered my own question. It's because we may not felt that we've like voted for our politicians, but we fucking vote for our influencers. By like people them. get so invested in them. Yeah. So that makes sense now why you face so much more rigmarole because you're almost like a crowdfunded. And yes, exactly. You you have created your living through your followers, have made you who yeah. you are. That's why. Yeah. So it's different between like crowdfunding God, and God, what a responsibility. <laughs> Huge. I hate it. It is. I just could not do that. I don't know. I think if you use it in the right way, it could be really cool. Yeah. So, for example, where do we draw the line? If, if you're going to be confident in your body you're saying you know i can i can dress what i want i'm a feminist but but then there'll be that person who says about fake tan and then i've said to you before so here's what's more confusing what's more confusing than you wearing fake tan is someone like me wearing fake tan because someone will be like what color are you what are you trying to be because i'm already brown when, and so, so yeah. when someone typically someone my color wants to be a bit more white so in my in in Iran, my grandmother or let's say a lot of a lot of the older generation will be like the paler skin is way more beautiful. Don't get tanned. So someone like me, I don't know where I'm going with this. Someone like me, no, who's actually been brought up here and is surrounded by um, beauty standards here, I actually don't mind my color and I want to actually enhance it and feel more like a bronzed goddess, where does that fit? Who am I offending now? I'm trying to be a bit more like me. Yeah, I think about this all the time. We spoke about this, because... <laughs> did we speak about it? Because I, did I ask you? Or basically, I'd spoken about... I actually don't um, 
fake tan anywhere near as much as I used to. And I think it is partly because of this. So basically, there's this whole thing gone on. It was called like blackfishing, wasn't it? Where there was loads of white um, Caucasian influencers who had ch- changed their looks so much, they actually, you would have believed that they were a woman of colour or someone who was mixed race. <laughs> like to the point where it was past cultural appropriation. It was like they had dreads and they had, they even, act, they'd had surgery, they had appropriated black features to the extent where everyone following them thought that they were mixed race. And I had followed some of these bloggers and I thought they were mixed race. Anyway, so then the conversation ch- carried on going on and then they were like, well, everyone who fake tans who's white is technically appropriating black because you're making yourself darker. And I got into, I spoke about my stories and I was like, I go this tanned on holiday. So I could go on sunbeds and do it, but I've decided to use fake tan because I don't want to get skin cancer. Yeah. And I was like questioning like, what, as in like, where do you draw the line? Like, how brown can I go? <laughs> how brown can you go before before <laughs> it's problematic? Yeah. And actually now it, it has very slowly because I was like addicted to fake tan, made me not want to, because I was like, actually, it is fucking weird. Like, why are we so obsessed with... Changing the colour of our skin. Changing the way that we look. It is really weird. Yeah. And obviously, it's not the same in that, like, people who lighten their skin who are from a darker background because that is racially oppressive. Like, that, the reason for those beauty standards is because you were told that to look Eurocentric or whiter. Yeah. But then the problem of it is white people are allowed to be darker, but people who are darker have to be lighter. It's like we have access to being pale or brown yeah. because you're allowed because of colonization but someone who's tanned the lot of the argument was like women of color going i fucking can't be brown because it'll literally be like viewed as being a not a good thing but white girls are out there there was some white women making money from natural hair products and natural hair refers to women with curly hair like yes. af- afro hair yeah and they were being paid to promote these products and they were white yeah you can literally have every other fucking brand and super mm. drug but you're gonna go and get profit mm. off that brand it's just that 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 is the problem like yeah. leave it drop yeah. it go somewhere else yeah and that is so evidently problematic and racist and like anywhere but that's it that is social media for you mm. um people don't people want to learn about body positivity from someone who's thin yeah people want to learn about body positivity from someone who's white um people that that's social media. Do you think they want to learn it from them, or do you think it's more we, accessible for yeah, them to learn so it? Yeah, so because I think about, so I actually talk about race more than some people might think I should, but only because I've I basically I've never I've never been so impacted by understanding something and how much it shaped my life than I was when I literally started to learn about race and racism so much so that I want to bring it up all the time because I'm like if I if someone was talking about it all the time with me. Maybe you'd learn something. Maybe I would have learned it yeah, earlier, earlier rather than having to unlearn all the stuff. Yeah. And and I don't know what other work, like I don't really know what to do. But I also don't want to talk about it as if it's from me. Doesn't make sense. But what I've realised with you're right. But then it doesn't. That doesn't always work because like I can't. I can't have an Instagram account about racism. I can talk about it when it's yeah. relevant, but I can't make a page being like, I'm gonna. But and, are you getting directly paid for that? No, exactly. We're talking yeah, about we're okay, talking people who are actually profiting off of a movement or something that is not that is not theirs whereas other people aren't and the the privilege within like the body positivity um well it's not positive. the the problem with people who talk about body positivity which is a, a movement started by fat black women it's like a, it's a human rights not human rights it's a and jewish What's the what's the saying there when it's like a social not a social movement yeah social yeah. social political movement yeah 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 so it wasn't it's not a but it's not what it is on Instagram. But it's the privilege. It's the privilege of not knowing that 
that allows them to talk about it and co-opt it because of the palatability in inverted commas of someone yeah. that is a white slim yeah. person. And the problem with exactly again exactly what you've been saying like social media mirrors the way that power structures worked in real life so in real life i can probably get through more doors than a fat black woman not literally but like metaphorically because yeah. of accessibility social media works in that same way it favors people who yeah. have more privilege and this this is happening in every arena and this is why with the wokeness thing it is hard because i think that it's getting to a place now where i also don't want to I'm trying to not say so much about wokeness stuff anymore because of this new rise of the wokeness Olympics, whatever it is. Yeah, I know. You're trying to figure out whether, what is what I'm doing helping or is it hindering? And also, is this my opinion or is this me being really... Trying to be a good feminist. Yeah, because <laughs> sometimes I'll see something and I'm like, oh, actually, I don't know if I do agree with that, but it's on, yeah. it's the group of people that I'm I affiliate myself with. On the other hand, sometimes say... And this might sound really problematic, but I'll say it. Say a woman of colour says something which I think is slightly problematic. I won't call her out as much as I would a white woman yeah. because that could dismantle the whole I love argument. that you've just said this. I love that you've just said this because I think it's so... I think what you've just said is really important. As in to, to, to say it or... No, what you've just said, that what you don't do is really important because I'm one... I, I think about things like that a lot as well. Um, and I've had, I've, I think what's great, what, what is great about the situation is when you change your mind or when your own opinion changes because of what someone else tells you. It's happened to me. Um, I called out, I called out Beyonce's diet. Yes. From that homecoming. But the, you made a really good point about this because you were like, what was the point you made? What did you say I again? Made, no, I remember I liking called it. Out, I called it out because I didn't think it was right. Yes. I don't think it's right that people. I didn't back in then when I said it. I said, you know what? We really, really we we hold her up. We hold her highly. You know, she. You know, everyone loves Beyonce. She what, that that diet was problematic. From her video, I never saw the video, but I know. And what you're someone about. said to me, one of my own followers said, "You know what? No, you just don't call out what a black woman yeah. is doing with her body." And I don't think I'd do that post again now. Interesting. I don't think I'd do that post again. I didn't see it as colour, and that is so problematic in itself. I don't see colour is such a problematic thing to say. Yeah. Of course you don't see colour. It's such a problematic thing to say. But, but you know what it is? exactly right what I said at the beginning. It's the difference between punching up and punching down. Now, the difference is with Beyonce, as much as she is a woman of colour, you're still kind of punching up because she's a fucking empire. Yes. And she's unbelievable. But uh, you're... you're I was looking at it as in, she's an influencer, take responsibility, yeah, yeah, yeah. you have a lot of influence. I wasn't seeing it as colour at all. Yeah, but you're right. The reason that I say that I wouldn't call out... Or, another example, say someone in a really fat body says something which I n almost know entirely to be true that's wrong yeah. about dieting. I'm not fucking saying anything because I'm a white slim woman. And if I go, you're wrong, everyone will go, believe me, over that person, even that person has so much clout. If they say one wrong thing and I call them out, do you know what I mean? I totally so it's get what you mean. punching up and punching down. So I will just not say anything on that one on that cap because you don't fucking need me telling me that they're wrong because they've already got that yeah. from every other angle whereas if it's like a white man saying something I agree with you then you're I've like got, well you know we've got we've got there's just a bit more it's a bit more equal yeah exactly I get exactly. that I get what you're saying and so with the wokeness thing 
But then I, I do feel like sometimes, and I think we need to all start saying this, I actually don't know what my opinion is sometimes. Because sometimes I'm like, that's fine. oh my God, I don't know if I do agree and with this. And when I don't have an opinion, I just shut up. Yeah. But when, do you ever feel like torn between, sometimes I want to know what's right and wrong, but both sides are so polarised. And I, and I am quite good at being empathetic and seeing things on a really, because I think I understand myself so well and I know my good sides and my bad sides and I never see myself as being good or bad. So when someone does something wrong, I'm quite good at questioning, like, that they're not evil, they've just done a bad thing. Do you know what I mean? Or not? I get what you mean. I get what you mean. I think I'm different from you. I think I'm quite, I think I'm quite, I'm very empathetic, very empathetic. Can you be empathetic and really judgmental? Yeah, I, I've got more. It's only because... I'm very empathetic. I've become more because I think I used to be so judgmental and so quick to when I was younger. And actually, as I've got older, and I do think it's a positive thing, I'm, I am question everything because I would be someone that probably... For instance, I bet five years ago, I could have potentially said something like, well, all they do is talk about race. And I would not have understood why, one, that's not my fucking place to talk about when they're talking about race. Like, if a and also, of it. course they do. And of course they do. <laughs> but I wouldn't have seen that. So when people make mistakes and things, yeah. I... But also that's because you're honest. You you will say that now. There are so many people in similar situations who will be like, no, I'm not a racist. I'm not a racist. Yeah. I'm not, like, people just deny it. Yeah. That is what drives me mad. But I've learned now that, well, everyone who profits off of race, racist... So I'm still a racist even by proxy of being white in that I profit off of racist structures because yeah. we live in a world full of white supremacists. Yeah. And so that's that's why I think I've... It would be better if... Yeah, I agree. Because racist is seen as the worst term, but the irony is most people are racist, not because they are evil, but because they've been imbued with racism. Yeah. They see it as, oh my God, I'm a bad person. Wow. They don't see it as... Most of the time, you, you're you not even fucking aware of it. No, it's institutionalised. Yeah. And you have to... It's something we have to unlearn. Yeah. Part of white privilege is that you haven't had to recognise the way that you've led... But back to what you were saying, I do think something... I'm empathetic, but I do think some things are unforgivable. Yes. I have empathy towards people, but sometimes I'm just like, you know what... If you have, where do you draw the line between, we say so-and-so's mental health, they did that because, you know, they were in a really dark place. That can't be an excuse. Like, I struggle with mental health. I have I struggle with mental illness. Um, it, mental illness is not an excuse to do something. You have to take ownership. And when, when we are saying someone so-and-so we should feel sorry for so-and-so. They made a mistake. Think about their mental health. You've really, really got to think about the others who suffered and their mental health because of that. So much more important. I agree. But then do you not think it's always almost cyclical because it's almost like someone... At some point, we've got to break the chain, right? Yeah. So I get what you say mean. someone makes a mistake and we're like, well, we can't forgive you. And then they become into like an awful spiral of something and then do something worse and someone else gets hurt. Surely it's kind of like... It's completely off topic, but the prison argument of like surely rehabilitation yeah, is yeah. better than the death penalty or whatever. No, I get And I think I we're that. in a moment in social media where everyone's getting the death penalty, which is like cancel culture. Okay, so we can't forget. We will forgive. Do the work. Yes, <laughs> I think doing the work is. We can't. We we can't forget. We 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 can't forgive. No, we I won't forget. We will forgive. Do the work. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think it comes down to also own, like... And uh, say sorry. Apologize. Yeah, I was about to say, apo- learning how to apologize correctly. Ironically, um, my live podcast episode is going to be called Why We Need to Stop Apologizing. <laughs> but it's going to be about, like, apologizing, taking up space. But then we also need to learn how to apologize. I see this all the time. I'm sorry that you felt hurt. No, I'm sorry I hurt you. that I acted in this way. I that now realize you. Yep. you can't contest someone's feelings. This is taking me so long to learn this. But if someone oh, says to you, you hurt me, you have to go, I'm so sorry. I hurt you. I will learn from this and I will realize that those actions that are was not a something... huge thing for me too. Oh, it's the hardest thing to swallow your pride. But when you do it, it fixes I the problem. I didn't mean to hurt you. I didn't mean to do this. Yeah. I'm sorry you felt hurt by my behavior. No. Fuck off, that's not we an apology. Celebrities do it all the time, especially when it comes to like racial yep. stars and stuff they'll always be like I'm sorry that you offended, offended you oh, it's like no that's God. not that's not an apology yeah okay I think we've done we covered everything but, <laughs> okay if people want to find you online Banafsha Hassan okay that's not it it's just at Banhas B-A-N-H-A-S-S and they can come and ride with you oh yeah they can ride with me at Ride Republic in Parsons Green or Digby Fitness across London um, or PT with me in Fulham. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Have you enjoyed it? I've loved it. I hope there's something useful here. No, I think it's inter- I think it's one of, because I know you quite well as well, and it's one of the most like debatey ones I've had in that we have slightly disagreed on things. And sometimes I don't always get that. <laughs> I hope it's okay. No, it's great. Thank you okay. so much. Thank you so much. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 